0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stories on Tape podcast. Today, I'm very excited to have Miss Julia Ewalt, one of my very good friends here with us today. Julia, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me, Josh.
0: Yeah. So first, let's just give everyone a little taste. What is What would you say is your story? Just give us a little background.
1: My story, because this podcast is all about storytelling. So we're going to start from the beginning for me, and as far back as I really <laughs> feel like going. I got into storytelling um, when I was actually in high school some opportunities arose for me to join the journalism club so i actually wrote for the local newspaper while i was in high school and then later when i was in high school we had a radio station at school which was really really weird you know how some schools have like pretend tv stations and it's really just an internal broadcast well this radio station broadcasts to the entire community And we had radio shows every single day. We had to go report the weather, the news at the top of the hour, and we had to do station IDs. It was a full-blown radio station, and that's one of the ways that I got into storytelling as well. You know, that love and passion kind of grew as I went to college, and I transitioned more into television storytelling, which... It's a mixture of print and radio and then video combined. So Mm -hmm. it really took the skills I had learned previously and combined them into something new and something really fun and engaging.
0: Yeah. And so that's how we met. That's how we became good friends. We co-anchored a morning show in Jackson, Tennessee for two years together i want to
1: say it was two years it wasn't Something long like enough that. well it was it was too it was too long at the tv station but not long enough with you josh agreed
0: agreed and so we were up and early 4am we got to be at work together mm-hmm. so we got to see each other in in the dark hours in the it, our true selves if you will um <laughs> and we got to tell lots of stories so i think my first thing would be what to you Makes a good story? How do you find a good story?
1: You know, since I transitioned into a new role at the University of Tennessee, I've actually been going and speaking to a lot of students, especially middle school students, about storytelling. And the things that I tell them are really there's a formula to a good story. You can make a boring story a good story if you simply follow a good formula. And I start with the five W's and the H. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. If you answer those questions, you're more than likely going to have a good story. And you can't just stop at who, what, when. You got to get into the why and how of the situation. Another thing I tell them is stick to a formula. Someone does something. If you can narrow down your story into those three words, then you're going to be able to get to the point, make it concise and make it enjoyable for people.
0: Yeah. And that's definitely, I feel like a lot of reporters will have that because most of our stories had to be like maybe a minute and a half long at most. Exactly. You
1: don't have time to go weaving in and out and doing all sorts of weird things. Someone does something.
0: Definitely. And so how do you now in your job, as well as at the TV station, um, how do you find stories? What do you look for?
1: Finding stories, I think, starts with, and this is so funny, gossip.
0: Ooh, you have okay. to sit
1: around, talk to people, hang out for a little while, and have them talk to you. Really like, get into it. Um, I think that's a gift that both you and me have, is that people just tell us things. You don't ask for them to tell you these things, but all of a sudden, they just start talking about your <laughs> own. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, And I've seen that at my new job as well. And I I think that's something that a lot of storytellers have that gift of people feel comfortable telling their stories to them, gossiping with them, telling other people's stories to them, maybe saying something that you think, hmm, I should look into that a little bit more. And that is the birth of a new story.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. We would get like messages all the time. Facebook is a huge, like Mm -hmm. a huge place to find stories and some gossip sometimes too. You get, we get messages of like, I heard this going on. My person said this the other day kind of thing. Um, and so
1: (laughs) exactly.
0: Yeah. Give me, give me a little more. Um, and so once you found that story, what then would you look for to kind of help tell it? Is there um specific videos, specific images, is there someone you would always want to talk to? What what goes into then like putting the story together?
1: So the best way to tell a story, especially when you get that little idea and you're like, "Hmm, what can I do with that? What can I, you know, expand on this with?" Is getting someone to talk to you about it. On the record, um on camera, whatever medium you're using, recording for radio, something like that, and making the story about a person. So if you, for example, have a story that's very like numbers friendly, for example, city raises budget 10%, you look for, who is this going to affect? Talk to one of those people, because it goes back to the outline of that story. Someone does something. You need a person for it to revolve around. Humans don't really tend to care about news that and stories that are not human centric. So you need to be able to make that happen.
0: That's a good that's a great point. Yes. Definitely finding someone that maybe didn't make the change, but is being impacted by the change. And I think that was something that was like really put in our brains was always try to find something that someone that is being affected by the decision, not just someone making the decision.
1: Yeah, and that goes back to a a lot of different things. I mean, if you hear about something that's happening in a new park, you go find someone at the park, find someone who's excited about the park. If you want to tell a story about how poverty is affecting people, find those people. Talk to them. And human-centric stories are one of the keys to good storytelling.
0: Definitely. Definitely going to get someone's attention a lot faster than just Mm -hmm. saying... Budget's been raised ten percent.
1: Exactly, yeah. and the gossip yeah, behind yeah. it too. You got you got to listen. You got to talk to people. You can't just go to a city official or to someone important and say, "So tell me about this." You got to ease them in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, <laughs> you got to you got to warm them up a little bit. Otherwise, they're like, "Why should I talk to you?"
0: <laughs> yes, and you brought up another good point: listening is a big part of telling stories because if you don't hear what someone's saying, then you're probably missing the real story.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're looking for one specific thing, that's not going to do any good because you're missing the other 85% of it.
0: Right. Right. Is there Um, something that you think always makes a good story or is there, are there different kinds of stories and those different kinds of stories need different things
1: Josh I'm telling you the best stories start with the gossip the stories that people I have found that care about are things that have been like mutterings in the community for a long time and you're finally able to say it out in public um a great example of that would be these major issues at a FedEx hub in West Tennessee I mean people have been talking about this for two years three years They didn't get their packages. If they got them the food inside, because, you know, people order food online now. Food inside was rotten, or their iPhone didn't show up, or this, that, the other. It was ridiculous. Hundreds of Facebook posts about it. And it started with gossip. And I was able to contact FedEx and talk to them about this. And that story had thousands of shares on Facebook because people wanted something official to come from it. And so i talked to people who had been affected by it um and i was able to get down to the point of the five w's and the h and the someone does something fedex messes up orders <laughs> well, another example and it starts with gossip again because you know you gotta gossip with the people who are in charge that is when yes you, because when you start doing that then they're going to come to you on their own free will. You don't have to corner them or anything like that. So other examples would be crime stories. Those start with gossip. Uh, ooh, do you hear what happened down here? Like, I heard they found a body. Um, <laughs> starting with that and moving into the someone does something. So-and-so killed so-and-so or so-and-so stole this. It's... Starting with the gossip leads you to the stories that people care about.
0: And that's the other thing with storytelling, especially in news. We do have to prove. We do have to have other people to say, yes, this happened with police, the mayor, you know, other officials have to be able to say. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Find those sources. Definitely. Keep them on their toes a little bit, but also have that relationship with them for sure. And then obviously, yes, be able to say, yes, they, they told me this as well. And therefore we can tell the story. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I mean, those goes, that goes back to some of my favorite stories that I've done in news, starting with that gossip and working it into a real story. You know, you get a call from someone at 9am saying, there's a body in the middle of the road. You better come down here. You're like, okay, I believe you. I trust you. I've built a good relationship with you. Yes, I am on my way. And I mean, that's one of my favorite stories. I hate it. I I have mixed feelings about this story. Yes. But I show up on this crime scene in a very small town and all the person's family is there. I'm talking like 30 people are surrounding this body that had not been covered up yet.
0: Yeah,
1: lots of feelings about that too. And the wife of the person who has died is just screaming, crying as they should. I mean, that's a very traumatic event. And I'm thinking to myself, if one person talks to me on camera, I can get out of here. I have right. got every single thing I need. And I do not want to be here a second longer because the longer you are there, the more likely you are to get screamed at or told to go away or something bad happening. So mm-hmm. get it out. Go. And so I'm trying to get someone to talk to me. And eventually the wife walks up to me and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is it. This is the time I am going to be screamed at. But no, she's crying even more. And I am mortified. I'm just thinking, Oh my gosh, this is awful. I do not know what to do. Her husband is killed laying in front of her. And this woman hugs me. And I, I just, because that's not reporter hug. I'm, right. the, I'm an intruder in this situation, right? And so I'm just like there. Ah, I don't know what to do. And I, get, I have, end up getting my interview, getting out of there, getting the heck out of there. Mm-hmm. The next day. I look on the mugshot report. There she is. The wife on the mugshots. (laughs) I I said, what? I called called the official that I had talked to before and I was like, excuse me, sir. What is going on here? And he said, well, haven't you heard? She was arrested for conspiracy to commit first degree murder. And I'm like, excuse me. I hugged her. And I immediately wanted to go shower, but I did not have time to do yeah. that. So, <laughs> you know, like, wash that sin <laughs> off of me. But it turns out she and her very young teenager boyfriend had conspired to kill her husband through a text message, and the teenager was caught on the neighbor's surveillance video. I mean, there's oh. no backing out of that one. But, you know, it's, you, I just had to take a second because flashbacks. So, Christmas, yeah. But I mean, it started with the gossip kind of of, hey, you should get down here. I'm here and this is going on and turns out to be a very interesting story.
0: Yeah, a completely different story almost. Like and I think that is something we discovered a lot too was like you'd start a story thinking one thing and by the end of the week it's either branched into three different stories. <laughs> Or the story you started has completely flip-flopped and isn't even recognizable anymore.
1: No, that would happen all the time where you go for one thing and, well, I guess that's not happening anymore. got to change plans and yes. that's another key to storytelling is you got to work with what you've got. You can't tell a story and just leave a bunch of blank screen on the TV right? or just write a couple of sentences and be like, this is all we know. You have to tell them what you do know. Tell them what you do not know. And sometimes if you went for one thing and it changed to something else, write about something else.
0: Definitely. Yes. And I like what you said about writing what you don't know as well, because that is just as important as saying we reached out to them. You know, we did everything we could, but no one's getting back to us or no one's telling us anything. And so this is all we're able to to tell you right now
1: exactly and mm-hmm. then you update the situation because storytelling is a very fluid things aren't set in stone and it's almost like science you learn one thing oh and this might change so you need to tell the people that this has changed you're upfront about it mm-hmm. and i think that's a really beautiful part of it because it can be so different from where you started to where it went
0: yes yes um so As we said earlier, we have spent many mornings together, many days together. Is there a favorite story you have that involves the two of us? Um, I can think of I can think of one off the top of my head. It was on my time hop the other day. It was we used to do like we would celebrate like national days on the calendar um, on on air. And it was National Hat Day. And we had a couple months ago before this, we had had uh, Lindsay Dawkins on to talk about the Turkey Day 5K that happens yes. in Jackson every year. <laughs> and she gave us those turkey hats. And, and so, and, gosh,
1: we have to explain it's not just a turkey on hat, this was a felt brown it looked like a baker's hat almost right like went all the way tight around your head
0: legs hanging down
1: the legs and the big old turkey feathers on top like this wasn't (laughs) just your run-of-the-mill ball cap this was a obnoxious hat
0: right and so we had just had them back at like in the in the office for a while and i was like oh Perfect idea. And so during one of the commercial (laughs) breaks, I had like run back there and like secretly brought it. And as I was telling everyone it was National Hat Day, I put it on. And your face, you were just like, "What? What is happening right now? What is (laughs) going on?" But you got to keep, you know, when it's six o'clock in the morning and you have been up for four hours already, you're like, what can I but do? I mean, you
1: had more secondhand embarrassment for me than I ever did for you.
0: <laughs> there were a few times. There are a few times in the morning where I was I like,
1: consistently embarrassed myself. Consistent.
0: But you're a good sport about it.
1: I, that is the one thing I've learned how to do.
0: <laughs> you talked about some of the the reporting stories. Are there any other stories that come to mind either like that you grew up hearing or that you have done at your new job recently or anything like that, that kind of might stick with you for a while that you'll pass on or that you'll use when you go talk to like middle schoolers, like you said?
1: You know, that's a really tough question because when you become a storyteller, everything is a story. You know, you look back on your childhood, you look back on your young adulthood i guess i am kind of still in that i mean like more like high school Um, yes and you you start narrating these stories in your head um but i think most of my stories and most of my like fond memories really come from working at bbj with you Mm -hmm. because that's when i really really went into my love for storytelling and
0: one of these stories is. See,
1: you brought this up a couple of weeks ago, and I've been thinking about it. It's been living rent free in my oh, head because no. the 2nd embarrassment. Um, so this has happened more than once.
0: Oh no! <laughs> I've
1: told you that it's happened more than once now. But I was driving home from running errands one day, and oh, no. I was at a stoplight, and. It was red for me, and it was green for everyone else, and no one is going. And I'm like, why don't you go? Go. What is going on? Go.
0: Julia has things to do.
1: Well, sometimes when you're, when you're in Jackson traffic, you're just like... and Because it, it's not normal traffic. It's not like there's a, t- a bunch of cars on the road. Right. There's a bunch of dumb people on the road. I'm getting. Oh, I was banging the table on that one. Um, and so I'm honking my horn, like, move, move your booties, Josh,
0: Josh. Mm -hmm. Why weren't they moving, Julia?
1: You know why they weren't moving. I do. Are you going to tell everyone? (laughs) Procession.
0: How long did it take you to realize? that it was a funeral procession happening and that's why no one was moving too long Mm -hmm.
1: it was it wasn't until i saw the hearse yeah
0: yeah and how did that make you feel bad (laughs) (laughs) i can just imagine everyone around you in their cars like what is her problem like (laughs) does she not see
1: you word (laughs) (laughs) But Josh, the worst part is it happened but, again.
0: I was gonna say, I think I only knew about the. When did it happen again?
1: In my hometown, I was oh, driving no. through to get, I think, to get my hair done or something, and I get to a stoplight. Same deal. I don't know how I didn't put two and two together, but no one was going. But this time it's worse. I didn't honk at them. I just drove through the stoplight and almost got hit by her. southern thing where everyone stops for funeral processions? Is that a no, thing? No, I think it's...
0: Yeah, is this, a thing. Is this
1: nationwide? I hope so. I don't know. Because did I you... have another thing. This is the third one. Me and funeral processions just don't. We do not get along.
0: Did you, did you grow up with your parents like stopping for funeral processions? Yeah, because we
1: lived right next to a funeral house. Okay. I don't know. I... Is. <laughs> Julia has places to be and things to do. The question to our podcast for the end of the day. But the other time, the third time that I have had an issue with one, I was driving back from a retreat. I was going through Nashville, I 40. There's like, you know, Uh it's like a 10 lane interstate when you're getting out of Nashville. Like, it's a lot. But we're going 50 miles an hour on the interstate. Oh. There's no traffic. And I'm like, what is going on? Why am I going 50 miles an hour when I should be going, you know, like 80? Right. And I finally like passed enough cars. And I was like, oh no, (laughs) it's a funeral procession. But what do you do when the funeral procession is on the interstate? Do you pass them? You have to drive 50 miles an hour until they eventually veer off. Because let me tell you, this was for 20 minutes. I was behind them. Like it wasn't you're getting on for one exit type of situation. What do you do?
0: That's a great question. I've okay, never been behind. That is so me.
1: completely off topic for today, but those those are my stories that I'll. <laughs> I, I don't know if I like to tell. I think I like to tell around you.
0: And when I when I say Julia told me this the first time, and I couldn't breathe because I was laughing so <laughs> hard, I truly mean it. Like she told me this story, and I was I had no words. I had no. There was no story to tell. That was the story. And I think I actually, like, told it on air when we came back from a commercial break one one time.
1: I bet all of those old people who watched us judged me so hard.
0: I bet they did. I bet they did. I'm sure we got a few comments about it, too. I'm,
1: I'm sure they were, yeah, very upset. Because, you know, they also told us how they felt about every single thing that we did
0: yes yes but i guess um, that's
1: part of our personalities going back to the storyteller personality of being the type of person who listens talks and people could just share what they think around us they
0: that's very true it's it. very sure true
1: did. but so, I, getting back on topic you know that let let's do our little um report with the with funeral processions so julia right. it's mad at procession see it gets right down to the point sure i expanded on it but there wasn't like all these flip-flopping around type of situations you just there you go julia
0: just i need that on a t-shirt julia (laughs) gets mad at processions thank you
1: i just don't know what to do i need a rule book josh
0: (laughs) i vote you stop and let the funeral (laughs) procession go by but that's just me no but i didn't um so (laughs) now thinking to the next generation of storytellers coming up granted we are only in our late 20s so like we are still very much like young storytellers but the next generation um like kids in high school kids in college um we've talked about like the w's and the h's the someone does something is there anything else that you've learned or that you have kind of discovered um in college or after or graduating that you might pass on to kind of help these next storytellers coming up?
1: Yeah. So, so often um, in storytelling, we say cite your sources. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Cite your sources. Know that you can have different types of sources. There's the video that you get from your interview. That's one type of source. Another source is what you see with your own eyes. It doesn't have to be someone. So says it looks like this. No, you saw that. It looks like this. Like you saw the fire. Um, another type of source is public records. Mm. Um, And you can search those on your own. So be sure to look at different types of sources for your storytelling, because a good story, as well as getting to the point answering the questions you need is going to be well rounded.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah you definitely want both sides or as many sides as the story has
1: As many sides yeah and as many sources as possible because when you cite your sources and combine a lot of different sources it lets people know that you did your due diligence just
0: what do you love about storytelling what makes you want to keep doing it
1: i grew up loving history and going to national parks all across the country. And every time I went to history class when I was in college, it was story time. You know, like I get to sit here and listen to stories. Sure, I'm taking notes furiously, but it's story time. It's so much fun. And when you get to be able to tell stories, um, you're a part of history. And you're the people who are going to be having story time with the next generation and leaving your mark.
0: I love that. I love that. And I think that's something I've come to learn is you can find stories in just about anything, whether it is a class in college, whether it is you just see people walking down the street who just look, look different than what you're used to or, um, speak differently than you're used to, or, you know, just do things not wrong, just differently. And it's, it's so fun. I love getting to just to talk to people and just hear where they've come from, what they do, why they do it. Um, and so why do you tell stories?
1: Because I want to tell history and because I want to, you know, be that record, be that source of record and collect this information. And so that people have a connection to why things are the way that they are. Um, I do a lot of science articles now, which is really funny because I've never liked science, but here I am. And when you can connect that science article to a person, it becomes so much more engaging and so and so fun to listen to and you start to put all these dots together and you become almost a historian
0: yes and it also helps that your dad's a history teacher right
1: yeah so <laughs> yeah. so
0: you've grown up with that
1: yep that's right josh
0: yes well
1: awesome. thank you for having me
0: yes thank you so much for sharing your information sharing your stories i can't wait for other people to hear them I think they're going to love it. Is there anything else that you can think of that you want people to know?
1: I think that's it for right now. But if I think of something else, I'll be sure to come back on your podcast.
0: Perfect. I think we'll have to make that happen. We'll tell more stories for sure.
1: Talk to you soon, Josh.
0: All right. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Stories on Tape podcast. Don't forget, you can watch us on YouTube and follow us on Instagram at Stories on Tape Pod. The links to both are in the show notes. And if you have a storyteller you think should be in a future episode or a story to share yourself, email me at storiesontapepod at gmail.com. Can't wait to share more stories with you.